0: The Wicked Smart Sports Guide is brought to you by cellmaxbatteries.com, as always, the go-to website for all your battery needs. Cellmax Batteries compares in quality to one known national bands, and the best part, Sumice batteries are priced much lower than their competitors. Flashlights, remote controls, gaming tools, headphones, still cameras, hearing aids, smoke lamps, whatever device you need a battery for, cellmax is the best batteries at the best price for your device. Order a 24 pack of AA or AAA heavy-duty batteries for only $5.99, or a 24 pack of ultra alkaline, ideal for all kinds of gaming and high-tech devices, at just 12.99 Order today and use coupon code Boston. That's coupon code Boston all uppercase and save 20% off your entire order. Once again, that's coupon code Boston all uppercase. Check out and save big today. Cellmaxbatteries.com, C E L L M A X batteries.com, the official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys, and the Wicked Smart Sports Guys is also now brought to you by Manscaped.com, the best in men's below the waist grooming out there. You're never gonna find something better than Manscaped. Okay, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Two million men worldwide. Why aren't you going to Manscaped? Okay, you're not gonna do what two million men like. Listen, listen to the masses. Okay, Manscaped does it right, and we have an exclusive offer. Okay, if I haven't convinced you enough, we have an exclusive offer, so you can get these even even lower price on Manscaped. Twenty percent off. And free shipping. 20% off and free shipping if you use code WSSG. Let's go WSSG at manscape.com. You're gonna to wanna to head over there, just check out the lawnmower 3.0. I mean, it's that that is really what you're gonna want. It comes inside the, the perfect package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. And the lawnmower 3.0, I mean, if you need a razor, you need the lawnmower 3.0, and with our 20% off code. You can get it even cheaper. Like, that's that's the thing to buy. So get 20% off and free shipping, again, with code WSSG at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping. Use our code WSSG. Unlock your confidence. And always, use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys podcast. Thanks, as always, to Dollar Dreams for the intro music. This week, we're talking Patriots. a... There's a, there's a new-look Patriots team out there, Colin. Uh, it's a little bit different than what we had a week ago. A lot of moves for New England, and that's, that's what we're talking about with Colin Canada Back to Talk Patriots, as always, Colin. Uh, It's been quite the week, quite the last few days, you could even say.
1: Yeah, KJ, first and foremost, thanks for having me on again uh, in what is quite the exciting time if you're a Patriots fan. Um, If you're one of these Patriots fans on Twitter who can't just take a moment to enjoy the signings when Bill Belichick goes out and tries to make your football team better, then I don't know what to tell you. But we certainly got a lot to talk about because there's going to be a lot of new faces in the building, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, especially after the season they had, They needed something like this for fans to feel good about. I mean, even if it is just free agency, where I know people have made the comments about, well, you know, the Patriots used to be the ones that that didn't win during free agency and won during the regular season and stuff like that. And that aside, whether this turns into a good season or not, completely aside, this is a positive for the Patriots. It's something for fans to feel good about. And after a disappointing season where I'm, again, going to argue... You know, 7-9 and nine isn't 3-13, and 13, is, even though that's what it felt like to some people. But even besides that, they needed this pick-me-up for the fan base, and I think that's what it serves at, at the very
1: least. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I think you've seen people who are kind of like trying to find reasons why this might not be the greatest thing. Or like you said, it's, oh, the Patriots used to make fun of the teams who acted like they won free agency, and then they'd get their doors blown off in Gillette Stadium later in the season. And I mean, that's all good and fun. But you got to understand... It, at that time, you had Tom Brady and you had a system where it was just pieces were going out and pieces were coming in every year. In, in the last 20 years, I guess maybe you can look at that 2006 offseason that some people have referenced this week, but in the past 20 years of, of the Brady dynasty, you haven't really had a time where your roster was so broken down that you had to do this. Now your roster is in trouble. You are, you know, you're in perfect timing where other teams don't have enough cap space to really keep up with you in free agency, and you're what supposed to not go sign a bunch of players to make your team better. I'll never understand the people who nothing is ever good enough for them. You know, you want weapons they go get weapons okay these aren't the weapons i wanted like people will always have their excuses but kj i think you know from what we talked about off the air and the way i'm i'm hearing you now at the beginning of this show i think we're both pretty excited and that's how i think most patriots fans should be
0: yeah i'd say i'm i'm probably moderately excited you know do i think they're they're winning the super bowl no i've seen some people say you know well the biggest spenders in free agency the last five years they've improved by 5.4 wins so the patriots they can be 12 and 4 you know and i there are a few problems i see with that uh, the first of which is that most of the teams who did improve by five wins I, in fact all of the teams over the last five years who were the biggest spenders of free agency had less than seven wins and a few had 3 so it was like you have a lot more room for improvement much easier to make up five games when you have lo- when you have 13 in that lost column as opposed to 9 so that was the first problem i have with it and the second problem is, I mean, I, I just don't think this team is, is a 12-win team when you look at it right now. I think, you know, you should, what you should be hopeful for is a playoff berth, you know, maybe 10 wins, but uh, 12, it, you know, and it's, it's just not a constant. It, again, that was a five-year sample size. Like, if you go back further than that, there's a lot more fluctuation. I think I went back and, you know, there's one team that was the biggest spender that lost a win, and there's one team that only gained one win. So the, the average of five wins thing isn't... You know just something that is guaranteed by any means so i think it's asking a little much for 12 and 4 i i would be again shooting for or hoping for well you know obviously you shoot for you win, win every game through the pages but just in terms of a prediction i would be more apt to go with something like 10 and 6 than than 12 points. it's a little gaudy for me
1: yeah I, I don't disagree at all um i guess the one counterpoint that i would make to you uh, and this is by no means uh praising cam newton and saying oh he's going to be so much better this year but if you look at last year, uh, there were some games where he played decent enough to put the team in a position to win even without talent around him. And if you, you can isolate like three plays you know, out of three different games where you could have been 10-6 and six last year, if I, obviously, it's a perfect world to think you were going to make those three plays perfectly, whatever you win those three games instead of losing all three of those games like they did. So, yes, it's a bit of a stretch, but I think they were pretty, you know, a yard against Seattle, not a fumble against Buffalo, and another first down against Denver, and those are your three wins right there. So I think you're at least in positions where you're close enough to win these games last year with a crummy roster around Cam Newton and Cam Newton playing at just about his worst. I hope we don't see worse than last year this year. Um, so I just think, you know, bring in some personnel, bring in some guys might be able to make a key play in some of those spots. And that might be that three win difference for you right there. Do I think like you said, it would be a five win difference to get you all the way up to 12 wins? I highly doubt that. Um, but I guess it remains to be seen what's done at the quarterback position. And I guess let me ask you this, KJ, is your kind of saying I'm like, you know, I'm excited, but I'm not getting too far ahead of myself type, you know, attitude right now, which I agree with. I'm kind of right there with you. Um, But do you think that's because of Cam Newton? Do you think, like, say – you know, let's just say for hypothetical sake, they had Jimmy Garoppolo back. Would you feel better about that because they got these weapons? They got the pieces on defense. Whatever, brought back some old faces. Would you feel better? Is it the Cam Newton thing holding you back, or are you just not overly excited about these specific signings?
0: Um, it's a little bit of both. You know, I think uh, the like I, I mean most of the signings I'm fine with. The Aguilar signing is a different story. I don't like the Aguilar signing uh, for a lot of reasons, which we'll get into. We'll talk. More I, about agree. I agree. I agree, though. I agree. But. I mean, yeah, I I think Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Cam Newton. So by, you know, by an obvious, you know, uh, direct line you can draw there, yes, if they had Jimmy Garoppolo, I would be more excited about this team. And I'm going to now respond to your question with a question, because you brought up Cam Newton. Again, we're going to get into the individual signings and and move in a second here. But I want to ask you, do you believe Cam Newton is going to be the starting quarterback for this team next season? Because... If I had to pick one or the other right now, which I'm asking you to do, you have to pick one or the other right now, what do you think? If I'm... If we're just going to say the majority of the games. Will Newton start the majority of the games next season? I'm going to still say no. I think that there's another shooter drop here. I don't know if it's the draft. I don't know if it's a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think it's a trade for Deshaun Watson, but one can dream. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I still think there's something else that's going to happen here, and... When I saw the way Newton's contract was structured, with only three and a half million guaranteed, I said, "You know what? That deal—that is a very cuttable deal, especially for a quarterback. A three and a half million for any other position is a lot to pay somebody to never play for you. For a quarterback insurance policy, three and a half million is a drop in the bucket to me, and you can easily cut that, or maybe just leave it around with for as a backup. I don't know what his uh, what the." mechanics on his incentives are like if they made the playoff but another quarterback started the majority of the games would he still get his playoff incentive like if that's the case you obviously have to cut him in that situation but even still i i mean the way after i saw the way that newton deal was was made up i said they're they're still planning to do something else because that is not uh, a deal that makes it impossible for you to go out and get another quarterback?
1: I, so first things first, I, I agree on the contract. And I think uh, if you just look at the contract, it's pretty obvious that they left themselves uh, you know, some room to have flexibility. And if something else becomes available, they see an opportunity in the draft, they will go make a move. And I don't disagree with that. But right now, to answer your question, if you ask me, do I think Cam Newton will start the majority of games for the Patriots? At this point, I have to say yes Uh, Obviously, there's still a lot of time where, what, five days into free agency, not even all this madness just started on Monday. Um, So there's still a lot of stuff that can happen, I I think. But um, I don't know. I think the draft, it's going to be tough. And Schefter said last night, quote, unquote, take it to the bank. There's going to be four quarterbacks taken by pick six or seven. So, you know, that means if you want to go get the the Trey Lance or Justin Fields that have been floated around, you're going to have to get up there pretty high, uh, a, I don't know if they could do it, and if they could do it, I don't know if Bill would do it because it would be a lot of draft capital. you probably have to overpay to go get one of these quarterbacks. Um, and then on the Jimmy G front, I-, I think Jimmy G would like to come back here. I think we'd like to have him back. I just don't think San Fran's going to find another option uh, that allows him to become available. I think they already kicked the, chi- the tires on Carr. And some of these other guys, uh, I, I just don't see a great option becoming available. Um, I, I'd love a quarterback, and I, you know, after seeing the Pro Day tape, I'm in on Trey Lance if a trade-up can happen. And like I've said to you, I'm in on Mac Jones too. I just want to get a young arm in here and see what happens. But I think even if that happens in an ideal scenario, I don't think they come in and start right away if it's Mac Jones or Trey Lance because I think the rest of the guys are off the table probably. Uh, And I don't think Jones or Trey Lance are NFL-ready enough to come into camp and immediately beat out Cam Newton, just who has already established himself as a leader.
0: Yeah, and and we talked about before that I I think this team was kind of built for Cam Newton. And again, we're going to get into each each guy in a second. But I think, you know, as far as making it easier for, you know, you look at how the the Ravens were built, and this is a point that people have made, is is how it was built around Lamar Jackson, who may be, isn't you know the best outside the numbers so they built it around tight ends over the middle you know running the ball everything like that and I think the Patriots have built their team the same way so I think they built it to be conducive to Cam Newton's strengths but I also think it's conducive to Jimmy Garoppolo's strengths I mean if you look at how he's had success in San Francisco it's been the same way uh, to some extent running the ball and throwing to a great tight end George Kittle so building it that way so if the plan is to build it around uh you know jimmy garoppolo in the hopes of, of acquiring him here in the coming weeks then they've done that successfully so I, I i think you know the team could work in either uh players favor you know i i don't know about any uh, i i can't say the same for any of the rookies i'm not sure you know i mean mac jones certainly uh alabama didn't play that way so much they you know had incredible wide receivers so would this be conducive news his strengths i would venture to say no but who really knows i guess You know what he what he would uh, succeed with in the NFL. Obviously, Herbert benefited a lot from having Hunter Henry last season as a rookie. So it could be the same. The same could be said for any any rookie that's coming in. Having two talented tight ends isn't a negative by any stretch for anyone. But um, even still, I, I I have to believe there's something else happening here, especially with how aggressive they've been in free agency. I have to imagine that's going to translate to the quarterback position at some point here. So
1: I I actually agree with that last statement you just made, and I've kind of looked at these free agent signings, and I'm saying to myself, okay, so you had a hole uh, at pass rusher for sure. Uh, They go out. They get Van Noy and Judon. They had a hole at defensive, you know, defensive tackle, interior defensive line. They go out and get Godshaw. You know, maybe Bill had an idea they were going to have a hole in the secondary, a versatile player like Chung. They go out and get Mills. So it's like all these needs that they seemed to kind of have going into free agency, they've filled. Like, can you? I don't know, and you, you tell me, but can you picture them now turning around and getting? a skill position player on offense now that they just signed Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne. While, yeah, Devontae Smith or whoever, if they potentially fall to 15, which is unlikely anyways, would be probably better than Aguilar and Bourne. I still don't know if I see Bill using the draft capital there. So, I mean, it, it there's, there's so much to be seen. But my point is they've filled all these holes, so now there's only one hole remaining, right? It's the quarterback position. Um, so you, I feel like you can kind of be aggressive if it takes your second and a third. I, I don't, I don't know exactly what that trade would look like. I could sit in the, you know, they got the website that calculates the value of picks and stuff like that. I'm not going to do that, but they could find a deal. I think where they just go all in and say, all right, we're not going to have many picks. Which are used to the Patriots picking a bunch of guys, um, but I, I don't know. I think, I think it's possible, and I think the approach in free agency could be the reason uh, that you should believe that maybe they are going to try to do something in the draft, whether it's trade their picks for a veteran or trade their picks to move up. That remains to be seen.
0: Okay, thoughts really quickly before we get into free agent stuff. On the big news of the day with the time of Patrick Chung, um, you know, obviously 10 seasons with the Patriots, 11 in the NFL overall, uh, a really heartfelt message on his Instagram thanking Bill Belichick, a lot of the Patriots uh, staffers and organization, a lot of people within, within that, and you know, really just saying, you know, how much uh, he loved Bill, thanking him for teaching about life on and off the field, everything like that. So um, thoughts on Chung retiring overall and what it means for the team, and maybe even just anything you want to say about about Chung and his career. Uh,
1: So first things first, uh, you got to thank Patrick Chung, uh, one of the hardest working players, uh, always brought the energy to that Patriots defense and really uh, revived his career. And and I think kind of set the stone for people to come back to Foxborough. And we've seen more people do it since Patrick Chung successfully did it. So hats off to Patrick Chung, great career, Super Bowl champ. Um, a, a fan favorite for sure. Um, when it comes to the logistics of it for the football team, I do, i mean, would I have liked to have him out there? Yeah, I was thinking about this embarrassment of riches we were going to have with Adrian Phillips, Patrick Chung, Kyle Duggar, and now Jalen Mills. Yeah, I mean, would it have been nice? Uh, for sure, but you've got now still three other solid pieces, Devin McCordy, still obviously. Um, playing at a high level despite his increasing age. I mean, I think the team is going to be fine. Uh, I'm a little surprised by it. I don't know. I think last year when he opted out, I thought he was the most likely to not come back. Um, You know, I think him and Hightower were kicked around. I had faith that Hightower came back, and I hope Hightower isn't seeing this Chung decision maybe changing his mind, but that's a story for another time. But, yeah, I think uh, I I was— I was really excited when they said that Hightower, Chung, Can, and all these guys were going to play before free agency started. Obviously, Cannon gets traded, and now Chung retires. Uh, but like I said, hats off to Patrick Chung. I didn't see it coming at this point. I thought if he was going to go, he would have already gone. But, uh, you know, he he's at the point in his career where he deserves to go out on his own terms, and that was today. So you tip your cap to him. He's a champion forever, uh, and Foxborough loves him.
0: Yeah, and, and to your point about the saves, I mean, like, Chung was more of an in the box safety anyway and with the additions they've had at linebacker like they're not really going to need to you know uh, do what they did last season as far as you know where they played Phillips and Duggar all the time but even still Phillips and Duggar are easily going to replace his role and you assume Duggar's is going to take a step up in, in year 2 like to me they really didn't need Patrick Chung and so uh, you know I don't think it's the the biggest loss I think you know it's obviously as a as a longtime patriot it's sad to see him go but um even like as far as up uh, from a practical team building standpoint I really don't think uh Chung was going to be someone that they were re- relying on this season I think their their safety group is still even good and, and even uh besides those two guys like you mentioned McCourty who's you know obviously gonna bring a level of leadership there that that they're not gonna you know miss with with Chung departing from that to that group because McCourty's still gonna be there and he's uh you know, great in that regard. And they brought in Jalen Mills too. So their safety group to me is fine. And it's not even remotely an issue to me, even with Chung's retirement. So let's get into some of the free agent signings. Um, so let's start with the tight ends. Let's just start, do the tight ends together. Uh, John Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. You know, I, I I think we had the same reaction when Johnny Smith signed, we felt really good about it. And then when Hunter Henry signed, our minds were blown. Uh, just at the fact that they were bringing in the two top tight ends. How do you think they're going to use these guys?
1: Um, I think they're going to use them together, which I think is a big misconception right now where people are like, oh, why would they spend all their money on two tight ends? I mean, have you watched recent football with some teams? I know you used the example already. I'm stealing it from you, the Ravens. Like, there are times they have three tight ends on the field and they're using them all successfully. So, I think... Uh, you know, Henry fits the profile a little bit more as, you know, what you think of as a, as a, you know, go run a route tight end. But Johnu Smith is maybe better at running routes and definitely better after he gets the ball in his hands, yards after the catch. He's kind of got wide receiver speed and make you miss ability. Um, so, you know, I see johnny smith is a as a matchup nightmare because i think the linebackers that would normally cover a big body tight end are going to be too slow to cover johnny smith and then the cornerbacks are going to be too small the safety is going to be too small so we'll see what happens with those guys but uh and then hunter henry i just think is consistent he's you know get him over the middle of the field. If it is Cam Newton, he's going to be a great target to have, to utilize and try to move the sticks on third downs and stuff like that. Um, I, you know, I still think both guys, there'll be an aspect of blocking to their game, Smith more than Henry for sure. But uh, you know, if you come to the Patriots, they're going to ask you to block at certain points. So I don't know. I think it's a perfect combination. I think they complement each other well. Um, I'm torn on which one I even like, like better. I think I asked you that question. But I... <laughs> Like, I don't know. I, I like them both. I like the way they fit. There's versatility to both of their games, especially John U. Smith. Um, and I, I think I almost like it better than going the receiver one route. Uh, get a few complimentary receivers, get a few stud tight ends, play in between the hash marks, and, and see how how successful you can be.
0: Yeah. And I think another team that I would point to, as far as you mentioned, the Ravens, uh, another team that, that utilized two tight ends, uh, you know, fantastically last season. Um, was the uh, Cleveland Browns, who, you know, had actually three really good tight ends with Hooper and Joku and uh, the rookie Harrison Bryant. And they, I mean, they did a great job to me using using those guys uh, interchangeably throughout the season. So uh, I think you're going to see a, a lot of those guys on the field at the same time. I think, you know, some people even called um, John U. Smith, you know, he was a wide receiver at times, they said, for Tennessee. And he can do that, certainly, and, and you saw what he was able to do at halfback. So, I think he's just going to play everywhere. And I think Henry, you're going to see more traditionally line up where you normally see a tight end line up. But even he, you know, he even he can split out wide at times and do what they did with Gronk where, you know, Henry's uh, lined up outside the numbers and they have, you know, a cornerback or something on him, and he takes advantage of that matchup with his size. I mean, he's 6'5", 250, so or 260, whatever it is, so he's going to be uh, hard to guard, and, and that's what's so great about both these players, is, you know, both of them are just, I, that's what's great about the tight end position in general, is just when you have a good one, it's so hard to find the right person to guard him, and, and rarely do teams have someone ideally suited to guard even one of those guys. Now that you have two, who's, who's going to, what team out there is going to have two players that can be classified as tight end stoppers? I mean, not many, and... You know, uh, with Henry and Smith uh, specifically, I mean, uh, to me, I think you could make a serious argument. They're the fifth and sixth best tight ends in the league. And, you know, I, 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 when I look at the past winners of these Super Bowls and the teams that have even just been in these Super Bowls, they all have great tight ends. You know, whether it's Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, who, you know, that was the matchup last season. Zach Ertz, when he was at his peak and, and the Eagles were in the game. Gronk with the Patriots like all of these teams in recent years the, the you're a Gronk even this year with the Buccaneers like all of these teams that win at a high level have good tight ends even the teams that didn't make the Super Bowl look at the you know the Ravens like we just said with Mark Andrews and all those guys the elite teams have elite tight ends there's a direct correlation there in recent years and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that you know those guys are just so difficult for to, to account for by any defense and it's it's conducive to winning so I think pain, like this move by the Patriots to get two really good ones should pay off in the win column. I mean, based on what we've seen in recent years.
1: Yeah, and I I love that point. All these teams I saw I saw somebody, you know, tweet out kind of the last several Super Bowl champions in their tight ends, and it's like you haven't almost seen in the last you know five six years you haven't seen teams do it without good tight end play. Um, so while you know sometimes it's kind of a forgotten about position, it's also to me extremely valuable to have that type of front-end talent at the position because there's not that much front-end talent at the position. So some teams don't even have one good tight end. You now have two. Um, And just to sum it up, KJ, when Johnny Smith happened, uh, I was actually in the middle of a job interview and my phone was blowing up, whatever, and I was excited as soon as I got off the call. I, I you know kind of go through the rest of the day sign all those players. I thought there was zero chance they signed Hunter Henry, and uh, I you know you call me the next morning. I think you slept in a little bit, and you were like, "What is happening?" And I think that is uh, a perfect description of how I felt uh, over the past few days of this week.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty, that's pretty. pretty much I mean, the, and there are other teams I, I want to point out too that that I do this successfully. Mention the Ravens. Mention the Browns. I mean. The Titans even did it a lot last season. Uh, and uh, Minnesota, when they drafted Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph. And and uh, I'll, just as, as a rela- on a related note, I was scared to death they were going to sign Kyle Rudolph. I did not want any part of Kyle Rudolph whatsoever. And the fact that they didn't do that, and they went out and got the two best ones, like that makes me happier than anything. Not just that they got those two guys, they just didn't get Kyle <laughs> Rudolph.
1: I can hear the smile on your face.
0: Yeah, I, I just... Uh, well, that's... Uh, yeah, sigh, sigh of relief. All right. Um, let's talk about the, their linebackers now a little bit. Uh, Kyle Van Noy and Matthew Judon. Now, on the surface, to me, I'm curious how they're going to utilize both of these guys because, to me, they can both play similar roles uh, on the edge at outside linebacker. And, you know, um, certainly they could, they could just have them coming off both edges, and, and that's, yeah, that's a possible option. I don't really see that being uh, what they're going to do. I mean... How do, you, how do you envision it? Because I envision, you know, maybe against more stationary quarterbacks, they just let Judon rush the passer, and they have Van Noy playing another role. But then uh, against more mobile quarterbacks, I could see them utilizing Judon as a spy more often and having Van Noy come off the edge and, uh, you know, playing it like that. But I, I don't know. What do you think? How do you think that both of these guys are going to coexist? Well, first
1: things first, Matt Judon, uh, I said this to a few of my buddies after we signed him, He, uh, you know, I'm, offense was the obvious need, but Matt Judon might be immediately, what, a top two or three player on our team, like Gilmore still on our team, uh, but I mean he's he's a real big-time impact player and don't forget about what Kyle Van Noy can do either I mean Kyle Van Noy I think was a result of a, a contract that the, the Dolphins didn't like and that's the only reason he was available again but he had a solid season last year and his production last year for the Dolphins basically lined up with what he had been doing for the Patriots which we had all come to love so uh, you can't complain about that uh, he was Uh, you know, still getting to the quarterback, QB pressures, whatever. So I think they'll use both of them, and I think you're going to go from having a pass rush that was, for the most part, unaffected to having one that could be very effective, um, you know, I, it's tough because they have this, you know, some of these young players. So you wonder if maybe there'll be some type of rotation, or like you said, maybe they'll use Judon a little differently sometimes, and let some of the kids like Winovich and maybe Jennings or Uche try to get after the passer. Uh, you know, it goes from a spot where you had no depth to now you feel like, all right, yeah, we actually have some depth at pass rusher because now the, you know, the young kids who were starters last year as rookies and second-year players are now more complimentary pieces behind Judon and Van Noy. So, I like the rotation they got and you know, maybe they'll add to it in the draft, but I'd feel confident going into the season tomorrow with the group of pass rushers that the Patriots have. I think they can coexist well and I think they can wreak some serious havoc if you have Judon and Van Noy as two really athletic players. Uh, when it comes to the pass rusher position coming at you, coming at a quarterback, uh, I think it'll be difficult to stop.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I do really like Judon. And, you know, who knows? I, I've heard some people compare it to the A. Dallas Thomas signing, which I don't think is completely fair. I mean, that was, you know, almost a million years ago now. So, you know, who, who knows? I, I think the Patriots have, you know, mostly hit on their big name signings that, that when they've dipped uh, in, with uh, serious money into free agency. They've mostly nailed it. I mean, you look at Gilmore, like, they absolutely nailed that one. Like, g- getting. The defensive play of the year at cornerback when a lot of people thought he was just, you know, five, fifth, sixth best corner in the league. He comes on your team and he's, you know, the undisputed best corner in the game for a year or two there and, you know, wins you Super Bowl in the process. So um, that was a genius signing. And who knows? You know, there might be growing pains. There, You know, there were growing pains with Gilmore. He had a lot of holding penalties early on and it was, he was getting used to playing within your defense. So it might not be great right away, but... The fact that they gave this guy the money they did, I I think you know, they they there's obviously something they really like about him and they they really like uh, the idea of him in in their system. I'm not saying it will definitely work because there's no there's never any guarantee of that, but you know the the Bill Belichick's odds of hitting in free agency are better than most, so I would say you you and he you know everybody knows Bill Belichick loves to go after the value guys. he, he would love to you know. Sign someone for five mil per year and get them to play an elite level, but the fact that he gives this guy sixteen should tell you what he thinks he can do. And based on the history of what you know him giving guys that kind of money, he must think this guy can be a defensive player of the year candidate at some point if he's if he's willing to pay him that much.
1: Right, and to me that that is one of the most telling things is that Bill usually just looking for those value signings, he went out there and really spent on this player. This is a player that Bill looked at and said, he can really help us immediately. And I think that's kind of what Matt Judon is because of, you know, just how all over the field he is. And, you know, he's always around the ball. Like, I think he's a type of player that, yeah, maybe there'll be some growing pains, but still immediately you drop him on the field and he's always going to be around the ball and always going to be there to make plays. Um, so, I, I, I think it's huge, and I guess I'll finish with this. The only thing that Matt Judon has to do to avoid being a Dalius Thomas is just try. Just try. Give us a little effort at playing football, and you won't be a Dalius Thomas, and you'll never have to hear that comparison again.
0: And the other thing about Judon that's, that's so great for the Patriots is just the athleticism. I mean, we've talked about how much they've lacked athleticism at linebacker, and how important it is in today's game with the quarterbacks you're facing and the mobility of them, and just like how. It, like valuable it can be to have a guy that can keep up with one of those guys. And Judon is that guy. You've seen the plays he's made against, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes. And uh, forget that, he's been practicing against Lamar Jackson for two years. So he has had plenty of experience, you know, getting a look (laughs) at at, uh, a guy like that and how, you know, to to defend a mobile quarterback, you know. So uh, he should be fantastic at that. And that's why I even brought up the idea of him... Uh, potentially playing a spiral for them at times because just it, that athleticism was something we talked about so many times and Hightower dipping in that regard. And and now when they have that linebacker group of Hightower and Van Noy and Judon, um, it's not only is it going to be a great group, but you're going to be able to, those guys, you know, grooming the guys behind them now and Uche and Jennings and, the, and those, you know, and even Winovich, if you want to include him in that uh, group as a pass rusher as well, like them, Bring those guys along, and you know, you know, maybe uh, Winovich now is ready to replace Hightower in a year, or you know, uh, Jennings can can replace uh, you know, Hightower. Maybe not to the same extent, but you 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 understand like those guys will have great leaders in front of them to teach them the game, and that's going to be really important. Um, let's get into the wide receivers uh, really quickly: Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Just. I'll let you start. What are your thoughts on those two signings? Ma- mainly the Aguilar one, more than,
1: than more than Bourne. Yeah, look, uh, we, we kind of, once we started off the day on such a heater and Bill was just throwing money, I was starting to think, okay, could it be Juju and, uh, you know, could it be Kenny Galladay, which I thought was unlikely. Really the one I think everyone liked was Curtis Samuel. Uh, it ended up being Nelson Aguilar, uh, one of the most clowned receivers in the history of uh, at least my, my time watching the National Football League. But look, you needed production at the wide receiver position and while Nelson Aguilar does not move my meter that much um, he produces he he had a good year last year I know there were some bad years in Philly some ups and downs and a lot of drops um, but he had 900 yards last year caught almost 50 balls Like if you can add at least a fraction of that into the Patriots offense um, and I think you see they're not looking at nelson aguilar to be their one two or maybe even three option he's going to be a nice complimentary player probably get a decent amount of snaps um and you know maybe hopefully make some big plays i don't know i I, you know like i said it's the it's kind of the namesake that's holding me back but if you just wrote down on a piece of paper and slid it across the table to me you can have receiver x who had you know almost 50 catches 900 yards last year uh, I would probably take that in a second based on the production we had last year. So I'll take Aguilar. And Bourne, I just think, is an upside guy. I think I think Bourne showed a little bit of potential last year there, playing with different quarterbacks in San Francisco. They had their COVID problems, you know injuries all over the place. So he got some run, and I think during the time that he was on the field last year, uh, he proved that he could be a, you know a decent third or fourth option at the receiver position. So bring him in. He's a young guy, he's athletic and see what you can do with him.
0: So Aglor, I don't like it. And, and just real quick, I mean, he got 2-26, and 26, so who knows what the real, uh you know, I think that his cap number is going to be way lower. There's obviously, you know, incentives in there and stuff like that. But just let me throw the names at you that make over 13 mil, because that's what the A V would be if it was just, we went by that, th- 13 mil, okay? Those names in order from just over 13 up, okay? Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Jarvis Landry, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Adam Thielen, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Mike Evans. Are there any players on that list? Any players that you would take Nelson Aguilar over? Because to me, I mean, it's it's not even close. All of those guys have more had more catches than him last season, and only two didn't have more yards, and that was Jarvis Landry and Chris Godwin. Landry played 15 games. If he had played 16 and he went, he had his average yards per game, he would have had the exact same amount of yards as as Aguilar, even though he's much much less yards per catch. He had way more catches and. Uh, Chris Godwin only played 12, and he was like 60 yards behind Aguilar. So he would have blown him uh, out of the water if he had played all 16 games, like Aguilar did. Aguilar played all 16 games. So to me, the, uh, just, the contract isn't worth it. It's It's a massive overpay.
1: Yeah, I mean, is there anything creative with that contract? Because you've actually seen... Some of the contracts, and you got to you got to give your shout out to Miguel over at Pat's Cap. I mean, that guy is working tirelessly with contracts flying in left and right. So thanks to him, we at least have some idea over some of these contracts. I'm not sure if he's done the Aguilar contract yet to you know figure out how much of a cap hit it is. Um, but either way, cap hit or no cap hit, it's still he's getting that much money, whether it be signing bonus, guaranteed, whatever it is. Um so yeah it it seems a little it seems a little pricey for him and like i said the name doesn't do it for you. And then you put his name up against the names that you just said. And I mean, even Godwin and Jarvis Landry, I mean, I I hold them in a a different stratosphere than Aguilar, despite Aguilar maybe having a good season last year. I don't, I I don't think he deserves quite this much money, but uh, I guess we'll see what the rest of the guys got. The Curtis Samuel contract didn't seem like he was going to get too much more than Aguilar was. So I'm not sure. Maybe Bill chose Aguilar and Aguilar was his guy all along. Who knows? Yeah.
0: So I I mean, I don't love it. I think that they could have d- done something better. I would have rather had you know Juju Smith-Schuster or one of these other guys like Curtis Samuel, like you mentioned. Um, you know, even Will Fuller. And Aguilor was tied for 12th in the league in drops last year. And of the players in that top 12, he was one of only two with less than 50 catches. So he only gets targeted, you know, eight, you know, 80 times a season. And he still is is at the level of drops that these guys with a hundred targets, 120 targets, 140 targets get. Like and like he his drop rate is out of the water. The only player that had uh, at least five drops on you know uh, 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 less receptions was Miko Hardman uh, with the, with the Chiefs. Okay, so this guy to me he has drop issues. He's just I I mean I would have I would have so much rather sign one of these other names for you know just uh, scrap the born and and I don't have a huge problem with the born signing but scrap the Aguilar and born signings both of those just take that money and give it to one other guy. I like like you know one of those other guys on the market that I'm going to talk about in a second. Like I, I would much rather have done that. But I think what we're really seeing is the Patriots making this move because they feel like uh, maybe that you know what, what was Cameron's best season? He had it with uh Ted Ginn who In some ways, it does similar things to Aguilar, you know, as as a deep threat, which was what Aguilar was last season. So, you know, if they just think we need to be a big play offense because Newton can't do it, you know, uh, can't uh, meticulously uh, drive his way down the field, he can't, you know, do the, you know, a thousand uh, death by a thousand cuts kind of thing. He needs to just hit the big play, and that's how he's been, you know, been successful in his career. I get that. I just don't think it's worth what they're paying Aguilar. And, And I think that someone like Will Fuller, and I know he's had some struggles with health, would have been better at that.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. And the one thing that I'll say, I actually really like your point there, is the best season Cam Newton ever played with Ted Ginn uh, and a good tight end in Greg Olson. So now you have two good tight ends in Johnnie Smith and Hunter Henry. So I don't know. Maybe like you said, maybe that's more of the blueprint they're looking back at to get the best out of Cam Newton as opposed to looking at other teams around the league. Maybe they're looking at, you know, what Cam has succeeded in in the past. And it, you know, certainly makes some sense. The con- contract aside, the fit of Aguilar makes some sense if you look at it in that regard. All
0: right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Colin, thank you for joining us. Talking to Patriots of Always appreciate
1: it. Thanks for having me, KJ. There's a lot to be excited about, and we'll see what happens in the draft there. I, I, like I, like everybody keeps saying, I do not think they are done.
0: All right, guys. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Go check out Manscaped.com. Uh, please, very, like we really appreciate it. If you head over to Manscaped.com, use that code WSSG uh, to save 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. Thank you to Manscaped again for sponsoring. You guys are going to want to head over there, take advantage of that discount while well, you can. Uh, and thank you to everyone again for listening. Uh, go follow me on Twitter at bkjdo. Go follow Colin on Twitter at Kanata Colin. to get everything over at and Sports. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.